Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an emergency episode of That's What B Said. I'm your host, Bree, at Breezy Clee, and I'm joined by Bird's Eye Views with me. Hello, Britt. Hi. She waved. <laughs> <laughs> and Meredith at MK on Sports. Hello, Meredith. Hi, guys. All right, ladies. Well, the fun is over. We're recording on a Sunday night. Emergency. After an atrocious emergency. emergency. This is an emergency situation. The Browns got murdered in Pittsburgh today. <laughs> There's been a murder. <laughs> I do declare. I do declare. <laughs> Losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, 38-7. to uh, Taking the record to 4-2. and two. Seven points, guys. After three straight weeks of 30-plus. Seven points points does this feel like a repeat of week one against the ravens to either of you because i felt like i went back in time well the seven points was better than the six points from week one (laughs) somebody commented and said um what'd they say hi ladies hope you can bring some light to this day so number one more points than week one there you go we can end the show now starting (laughs) that's it that's all we got Uh, all right well you know what you know what i will say about all of this is um people in the comments are correct brown's twitter is a disaster which is why we're partially doing this episode because we also have a lot to get off of our chest and honestly i don't want to sit at night before bed and stew i'd rather just talk through things with both of you because i always feel better after talking so let's get right into it let's recap the game the offense was not good i i said that they sputtered uh we talked about it they scored seven points one point better than week one so we'll give them that um but this was really the second time this year we looked bad against a good defense and i think the thing that bothered me the most about watching the game today is that a week ago i watched the steelers against philadelphia a pretty beaten up philadelphia team Mm -hmm. and they looked very beatable which gave me a little bit of hope heading into this weekend Philly scored 28 points on that team with a bunch of second and third string quarterbacks. And when I sit there and break down the Browns roster and compare it to Philly's roster, we should have been able to do the same thing, if not more. Yes. That's exactly why I like, I picked them to win today. And that's why, and I knew that, you know, things were going to be tougher this week, you know, tellers out and Baker was hurt and there was a lot of things working against them, but I was like, okay, but still like this offense is better than Philly. Agreed. But we made the Steelers look like the best team. Yeah, we made the Steelers look like the best team in the NFL. And that's a fact. Like, we made the Steelers look really good. And I will give credit to the Steelers because they game planned and and they definitely, like, threw Baker Mayfield off. And we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, but just to break down the stats, uh, the offense only had 220 yards in this game. 75 of them came from the ground. And the ground game has really been the Browns' strong suit. We were 1 of 12 on third downs. You're not going to win football games if you can't convert first downs. Like, End of story right there. And then we were over three and fourth downs. So again, we had nothing going for us. And we're going to, we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield because you can't talk about the offense and not talk about Baker. He was bad. Mm -hmm. Like that's all there is to it. He was bad. He was also injured coming into this game. Uh, He had bruised ribs. We all know this. This has been the story leading up to this game. He was questionable up until yesterday. We didn't even know if he was going to play. Uh, The offensive line did him no favors. Uh, Baker ended the game 10 for 18 with one touchdown, two picks, including the early pick six. He was sacked four times. He had a really, really rough game. Um, I honestly mm-hmm. felt like he got sacked way more than four times. Did it feel out that way to any of you? 
Yeah. It felt like it was way more I Honestly, it felt like he got sacked on every possession. They, same. I mean, he mm-hmm. might as well have been, right? Because, like, nothing happened. So Case Keenum, we all know, he came in in the fourth quarter, uh, took over for him. Coach Stefanski commented in his postgame presser that he didn't want to watch Baker take another hit. He also shot mm-hmm. down any of the narrative that there would be a change in the starting quarterback position heading into next week, as long as Baker is healthy. All right, guys. So with Baker, if you didn't have concerns already about him after this game, did anything change with you guys? Brittany, I'll start with you. For me, no. Like it's the same. Like I said before, the narrative on him changes game to game, and you know when I talk, I talk when I talk about the Cavs, right, and the position that they're in right now. I'm always like. You know, you're watching something from the start and you're watching it develop. And this is exactly how I feel about Baker Mayfield. I knew going into this season that it was going to be tough for him just because this is his fourth. And I cannot stress this enough, guys. I've said it today and I'll keep saying it. This is his fourth head coach in three years. Now you had Hugh, you had Greg Williams, you had Freddie Kitchens. So can we please just stop? I'm about to like cry right now. <laughs> oh no, we're only like I'm 10 so minutes in. I'm tired of this. I have been attacked for hours about this subject. And it's like, number one, they don't, everyone wants to complain. Baker's terrible. Sit him. He's done. He's not NFL. He's a backup, blah, 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 whatever. And all these people complain and bitch and moan. And it's, you ask them, well, what's the alternative? If you were in charge, Dale, what would you do? What, what's going to save this team? Well, the draft. Okay, then let's take it to that. So say the Browns are drafting, you know, 18, 20 range. What quarterback are they going to get? And do you understand how long it's going to take to start over yes. again? That's the problem that they're not, they're just like, well, this isn't like ordering ice cream, guys. You can't just pick a flavor and say, I don't really like that one. I'll go back tomorrow and pick another one. It's not like that. This is a business. This is a franchise. They invested in this guy. So they're going to see it through as long, as long as Stefanski and Barry believe in him, it's they're done. So the fans can bitch and moan all they want and they will. Because it's their fa- it's their absolute favorite thing to do in the world is bitch and moan. But Baker's your guy. Deal with it. I, I wrote down in the notes tonight, and I texted both of you this question as well. When did we become the fan base that just gives up when things don't go our way? If we aren't at the level of the Steelers and the Ravens, and that's where we want to be based on my mentions today, mm-hmm. right? Everybody thought that we should be playing at the same level as the as the Ravens and the Steelers today. How are we going to do that if we start over every single year? We will never, we will never, never get there, you ne- guys. They got they got used to this. They were like, you know, this is a normal yeah, way to I be. Guess. Just, you know, counting on starting over all the time. Where has that got us? Yeah, like we're just repeating the <laughs> same thing. In the past, when has that ever worked? You know, start getting a new quarterback, getting a new regime, getting new head coaches, and we just keep doing it over and over and over and over again. And get guys, that doesn't work. That's not how you beat. That's not how you you are successful in this league. Yeah, like imagine this league is designed for everyone to go eight and eight. That's what the NFL is. It's designed. That's why you know yeah. the draft is the way it is. It it's 
it's meant for parity. It's meant for everyone to get a chance. So just by tanking or being bad or getting good draft picks and then saying, oh, you know what? Now it's time to flip regimes. Now it's time to get another quarterback. This is not going to work. This is not how you do it. Yeah, I, I also said, imagine if this was your logic in life when things got hard or if things weren't going your way. You just like throw it away and start over. I do this sometimes with appliances where like, you know, something gets too hard to clean, like my toaster oven, for instance, like I can't get the like crusty crumbs off. Sometimes I'll just throw it away and start all over. But that's like not the smart thing to do. Like it's expensive, you know, like it's a really quick fix. But then like two years, I'm like, well, do I do I throw it away and start over again? Do I throw one hundred and hundred fifty dollars out the window or do I do I clean it? Do I try to figure out a way to live with it? This is the toaster oven, the Browns toaster oven. God, (laughs) I once had a Sony Walkman for like twelve years because I wouldn't give up on it. I was like, no, this is this is it. This is this is my lifeline right here. This little thing. It's probably like thirty dollars. I could have just you know. By the time I finally got rid of it, it was so busted, and there were just pieces hanging off of it. But like it took 12 years for me to just get rid of this thing because I, I was so attached to it. But like these people that just want to start over all the time. Do you know how hard it is to start over? You should. You've lived it. Yes. They learn nothing. Nothing. Also, can we point out with Baker, not only was he hurt, the O-line was busted up too. Like he wouldn't have yes. gotten sacked so many times if the O-line was there, like there were a few times where Jedrick Wills missed his, his coverage that there were just holes all over the place. And, you know, it was a depleted offensive line. So for the poor performance that Baker had tonight, I don't put it all on him. And like, Mm. and this was, this was one game. And then also to your point, Britt, with the, with the Dales talking about the draft, I feel like the Dales feel like every single draft is like the draft that Baker came from, where you had Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, um, Daniel Jones. Like you had like you had like six or seven really high quality quarterbacks in one draft. That like never happens. You're lucky mm-hmm. if you have one, maybe two quarterbacks per draft. That's why the Browns wound up taking Deshaun Kaiser in like 2017 because he was the right. only quarterback available at their draft pick. So yes. you know it, it's just like not every draft is going to have half a dozen really high quality quarterbacks that like any one of those Sam Darnold, I forgot about Sam Darnold. Any one of those quarterbacks could have gone number one that year. Any one of those quarterbacks could have been playing for the Browns because they, because they went number one. So, you know, not every draft is like that. Like this year, as far as I know, Trevor Lawrence. That's it. That's the only safe bet. Yeah, And people want to argue about Justin Fields and that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to say anything about the kid personally. I don't I don't pay attention to Ohio State football that much to like, you know, give analysis. But I'm saying Trevor Lawrence is probably a safe bet. He's probably going to be very good in the NFL. I will totally get on board with that. But number one, we're already out of that lottery. We're not getting him. Four wins is already too many. Yeah. We're done. So you're not going after that. If you say Justin Fields, understand that historically, Ohio State quarterbacks are not ready for the NFL. They they're peaked in high school or in college. And then, you know, that's it. I mean, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to piss off Ohio state fans. That's just the reality. You can accept it or not, but that's the reality. They're not made for the NFL. Ask every, maybe Justin Fields is, different. I don't know. Ask, uh, ask Washington how Dwayne Haskins is working out. Yeah. But if you're going to start over, if you're going to say, well, we need to start over, you better 
I'm, I almost dropped an F-bomb right now and I'm not going to. <laughs> you, bet, you better start over with a sure thing. And Trevor Lawrence is the only sure thing in that draft. Well, and, That's it. And they're done. They're not getting that. Well, and here's another thing. No, no draft pick is ever a sure thing. That's the problem. Because like Trevor Lawrence is great at Clemson. He's great under Dabo Sweeney's system. But what if he gets drafted to a system that doesn't fit his strengths? Or if he does get drafted to a system that does fit his strengths, you know, what if he, you know, gets a broken leg on his first game? Like all of a sudden you've wasted sure. your first round draft pick on a broken leg. Like that's, I mean, that's kind of what happened to Tim Couch. Like he was, go he had the potential to be great, but he was just so injured over and over and over again that now he's considered one of the greatest busts of all time. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, there's no sure things in the draft. There, there never is. And I agree with you, Britt. Like there's just no... Browns fans should not be looking to the draft. Like, first off, yeah. Like, no. why are we talking like, about again? The draft? They're stuck. They're stuck in this mentality that it, the way it's been is the way it has to be, and that's not it anymore. Yeah, do you want to know what the short thing is in the draft? Is when you draft players that fit your system and your scheme. And right now, we're trying to mm -hmm. figure out if the players that we have on this team fit. Like that. That is what this year is about. And you guys were six games in. Like, are we really going to judge everything off of a week six loss to the Steelers? No, like maybe let's judge that at the end of the year. Like we don't have to make these decisions right now. So in my opinion, it's not fair to do that. And you don't want to know the other thing that I think hurt Baker today as well. There was no run game. The run game was non-existent. It wasn't established. And if you look at the Browns going into this game, the run game, we were the first in the entire NFL. Okay. When the run game gets going, Baker Mayfield is comfortable. Now in the Steelers credit, they have one of the best run defenses in the league and they shut us down. They had a great game plan going into this game. Shut down the run, make Baker Mayfield throw, apply pressure. They played the game mm -hmm. perfectly to a T. Now, we have to see Baker figure out when teams stop the run and apply pressure to him. This is where he needs to improve. And that pick six in literally the first minute of the game, he was clearly shook the rest of the game. Like That literally changed the entire game. Mm -hmm. The entire game. Nothing could happen yeah. after that moment. I don't want to make no. excuses for Baker Mayfield. I don't think he wants to be sitting there making excuses. Part of me wanted him to not even play this game because of his injury and because of the ribs. Like it would have been easier, I think, to swallow if he didn't even start the game. But I don't want this mm -hmm. whole narrative to shift that Baker Mayfield isn't the quarterback. Again, we're six games in. This was a really, really shitty loss. Let's bounce back. We have to play against Cincinnati next week. They're not going to be an easy win at this point in time. Like no team is going to be an easy win for this team. Mm -hmm. They can put up points. So let's see him bounce back much like he did after the Ravens game. I right. still fully have trust in Kevin Stefanski. And I want to talk about that a little bit. We know the last couple of weeks we've been just running victory laps, lapping people left and right because of coach Stefanski. And I still fully believe in him, but his offense did have a rough go at it today. Um, as we talked about, only scoring seven points after three weeks of scoring 30. What do we think happened? Are you guys still feeling confident in Kevin Stefanski? I think, well, number one, you know, Nick Chubb's out. That doesn't help. And then Baker, the offensive line struggled today to yeah, be and nice. We, you have to mention, Brittany, Wyatt Teller, like not having him as a piece of the offensive line has been a huge impact. I mean, he had absolutely no time to do anything yeah. today. He got sacked four times. Like, I don't, 
I'm not going to say Kevin Stefanski had a great game. He didn't. Um, play calling was suspect, but I don't know what could have been different. I think today was just a day that they were just going to. Yeah, I mean, from the beginning, <laughs> like you, everyone has days like that. Think about like work days. Yeah. Some days you are just start the day and you spill your coffee all over the place. Like this morning, <laughs> oh, I woke up this morning and I had two nosebleeds <laughs> by 10 o'clock. No. You knew it was going to be a bad just day. Known, at that point, I was like, I should have just gone to bed then. But, you know, I went out, whatever. But like there are just some days, some you just don't have a whole lot going for you. And the Browns offense, they just did not have a whole lot going for them. Kevin Stefanski, had, they all had a bad game. All of them. No victory laps are taken today. Yeah. I also think Kevin Stefanski, it was brought up a couple of, I think a couple of weeks ago, how he talked about how him and Alex Van Pelt would game plan, you know, through mm. three quarters or whatever, they would put something together. There's no way that they game planned to be down uh, 24 nothing. Was it 24 nothing at halftime? Uh, no, I it's... think it was 24 seven. They got, they got, oh, that's right. sorry, 24 seven. So they wouldn't have planned to be down by that much. So like at that point, you have to assume that now they're throwing pretty much everything out the window at this point to try to figure out how they get back in the game. So I will say Mm -hmm. Kevin Stefanski, you know, was not expecting that. Didn't really see those adjustments coming out of halftime. Again, like Baker was getting hit left and right. Like at, at that point, like the game was lost. I did. I did want to see the players like they got out physicaled. Like they, they really did. Mm-hmm. They got out physical they got bullied today. and I hope that that is a lesson that they go back and they look at, because I do think like there was, there were some, I think forced storylines trying to happen with the whole miles Garrett thing. Kareem hunt went on um, record of mm-hmm. saying like, we're going to win the, like something about like do this for miles or win this for miles. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of that material, I think for the Steelers and with the new coaching staff, like, of course, like they didn't want them to focus on last year, rightfully so, but the Steelers, they were all there. Like this was their first mm-hmm. game with Miles Garrett playing again. Um, and and we just got dominated and, and we didn't put up a fight. Yeah. And I hate the Browns team that gives up. And I did feel like part of it was just them like pouting. Um, I mean, the game yeah. wasn't over at, at, at halftime. Like they got, they were getting the ball back. If you score going into halftime and then you get the ball back, like it could be an entirely different game. And I just felt like there just wasn't any of that fight left in them. No, and like I, I, I do feel kind of bad for Stefanski just because if you're, if you know you can't pass because your quarterback's bad, he not bad, he he was not feeling hundred percent, but then he was just having a bad game. So passing games pff, done, but then you also can't yeah. get the running game. Like what? Or what are you yeah. supposed to do? How do you yeah. play? Like what kind of scheme are you supposed to run then? Everything's not working. So where do you go? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, in the third quarter, I was like, how is this game not over yet? It was like the like longest big, game ever. And I, they could not get anything I also want to say like big Ben didn't do anything special. Like he did not do anything no. special. Like the defense. And we're going to talk about the positive here. The defense actually held their own in the first half. Like they actually they gave the Browns offense a chance to stay in the game. Right. Because yes. Pittsburgh wasn't really doing much like Big Ben had a couple of throws and and I wouldn't even say that it was the defensive fault for giving up those throws. They actually had pretty good coverage. The wide receivers made really good plays. Like I'm not going to fault the defense Mm -hmm. for that, but I will say like the defense didn't roll over in that first half. It was truly the offense that that really just let us down today. 
Yeah, and like you can expect the defense, like we've said all year, like they're going to give up 30 points a game. That's going to yeah. happen. So you just have to rely on the offense to make up for it. And today was just one of those days where the offense was not going to do it. It just was not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, when you have, when you throw, when you, when you throw a pick six and then you have another interception, it's going to be really hard to climb back from that. <sighs> Especially when the yeah, when the other when the other team doesn't have turnovers. Like if if there's no yes. turnovers that the defense can come up with, it's going to be really really hard to battle back and win that game. Yeah, yes. and their momentum was killed really quickly. Like they went into. Mm-hmm. Uh, halftime having scored a touchdown, which was great. And then they got the ball back in the second half and then went three and out. So, I mean, that was, I think if they had at least gotten one first down to start the second half, then it would have been a little bit different. But the fact that they went three and out, like, I just think that like at that point, it just felt like the game was over. Yeah. I, at one point my husband and I were chatting and I think it was in my family's group chat. It did feel like the Steelers, I was saying this to Meredith too, they knew the snap count because as soon as the ball was snapped, like they were off to the races. Like it was actually like insane with how quickly they were getting off to the ball and to Baker specifically. And I don't know if at some point too, it felt like they almost knew what play was play they were calling and running. So again, like hats off to Mike Tomlin who the Steelers fans tend to hate um, (laughs) a lot of times, but again, like, Let's talk about consistency. Big Ben and Mike Tomlin have been together for a very long time. Like this is a team that is, they've won. They've won together. They, they've been in the same yeah. system together. And you know why they've, they've stuck around, Bree? They didn't start over every yeah. time they hit a little bump in the road. Can you imagine? It's way easier to do that. This is how good teams are made, guys. You stick around. You don't give up. You, if you have a guy, you invest in him. Imagine investing in Big Ben. Yeah, I know. But they did. They did, and it worked. And they built a system around him and played to his strengths. Mike, well, they probably have, yeah, Bill Cower and then Mike Tomlin, yeah. great coaches. I, that That's how good teams are built. And all these people that just want to, you know, toss Baker away and start over fresh. And this is, again, I'm Meredith, gonna, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot for a minute. Do you have your little <laughs> notebook of when we predicted? where we would be at this point in the season. I know we were going to hold off until we got hold halfway on. through. All right. Hold she's going to go. I have, it. I have it like on, yes. on my table, like right over here. We're going to look at this a little early because I do okay. have to ask the question, you guys, like four and two, like, hello, we are still four and two. We are talking like we are two and four. We are not two and four. That's, like we are yes, still winning. That's what's getting lost. People are just brushing that aside too. Like four and two is still good, guys. I don't give a shit if we <laughs> this play. is so much better than where we were. I don't give a shit so... if we win from a JV football team or a junior high team. I don't care. We're four and two. Right. Like we're four and two. Yes. Keep winning. So, yes. What's kind of so it's funny. Uh after week six, Bree, yeah. you have the Browns at three and three. Oh, Brittany. Brittany, you have the Browns at four and two. Actually, Brittany's batting a thousand for her predictions right now she has a loss in week one four wins in a row and a loss this week <laughs> look four at and you Brittany who did has... i have them losing to indy uh yeah week four um and then i so i actually have it four and two also so i have them lose so i have them losing the first two weeks and then winning the next four so Britt and i both have the browns at four and two brie you had them at three and three hey be my expectations Listen, so, I don't know why everyone thinks too that we can't beat them the second time. 
Like we can. Yeah. We're yes, going to absolutely the, the goal is to get better. That's that's what you hope for. It's going to be at and home. we're going to have people back next time, too. Right, like, like this is every week. <laughs> these people jumping ship and panicking and slamming the panic buttons. It's like, guys, can you calm down? OK, so I like the, not too long ago, we we were completely winless. <laughs> like can we just relax at four and two pump the brake yeah. so i know we're gonna get to brown's twitter because we're all very oh we can get there you annoyed get by there. it however so i'll start off with something positive that i saw on brown's twitter and i really like this tweet it's it said every week that goes by is one week closer to getting nick chubb back that is so true so i mean yeah i mean and same thing like unfortunately teller is week to week but i don't know maybe next week is the week that he comes back he was like it was pretty evident within the first play how badly missed he was on offense. So, oh yeah, you know, I think it was brutal. You know, at the very least, Nick Chubb and Wyatt Teller coming back, I think, would completely turn this team around. Just those two players. Like there are other players mm -hmm. that would absolutely make an impact that the Browns could benefit from getting off of IR or wherever they wherever they are. But I think the mm -hmm. two players that I want back the most right now are Wyatt Teller and Nick Chubb. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm not saying if we would have had Nick Chubb tonight that he would have been the player that was that would have changed the game. But I wouldn't underestimate having both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to be utilized in the same game. Because I think that's that is a, a benefit that we had the first four games of the season or the first um four games before Nick Chubb got hurt was the fact that they were able to kind of stay fresh and game plan off of that. So you also have to wonder too, how that has impacted the playbook because as much as I love Dearness John, Dearness Johnson and Dontrell Hilliard who've stepped up and, and stepped into these roles, they weren't expected to, they are not a substitute for Nick Chubb or even Kareem Hunt for that matter. So the playbook in my opinion has probably changed in that sense as well. So that that's a lot, that's a lot to take on when you're missing that piece of the pie and you have to have Kareem Hunt fill in for Nick Chubb. And then who do you have to fill in for Kareem Hunt or what he was doing? So again, mm -hmm. you know, like we are trying to figure out what this offense is without Wyatt Teller, without Nick Chubb, Chubb who are two key players within the run game. And again, like mm -hmm. we're going to be playing Cincinnati this week, but we had Nick Chubb against Cincinnati. So like, don't forget about that either. Yes. Um, yes. again, I don't want to be a downer. I'm not trying to be a downer at all. Um, but you know, there's just so many factors that can happen week to week. And again, things can change based on injuries, but I do hope that we get some key defensive players back as well. Like hopefully Ronnie Harrison comes back next week. Um, I think that was some, someone that we were looking forward to having after his big game last week, but let's get into Brown's Twitter Meredith. Um, since you segued there, obviously it all ties back to this game as well. Um, we already touched on this a little bit, but um, just the fan base and the fact, and Brittany, you were talking about this, just moving on so quickly. And you touched on the draft a little bit, but let's talk about what is the option in free agency? Because again, you're not going to get a position in a draft pick to be able to move on from quarterback position, but from a free agency standpoint, like who are you targeting Browns fans that want to move on from Baker? Like who's your option. And the one thing that I would hate to see happen is if you move on from Baker, another team picks him up and he flourishes there because that seems to always happen. 
you know that's 100 percent what would happen <laughs> that if the browns could happen if the browns let go of baker mayfield like there i mean there were some options in free agency during the offseason like cam newton was an option tom brady was an yeah. option but they didn't want to come to cleveland they had no plans or designs to to come here so i mean and those are the guys that if you're looking for like the high quality veteran QB that's going to win right now. Those are the guys to do it, but they, there are free agents. They have the power to go where they want to go. And Cleveland was not it. Sorry guys. Like no offense to Cleveland. Everyone knows how much I love it here, but you know, the, the free agents that could have started over Baker didn't come here and they're somewhere else. Yeah. But I remind you, Cam Newton, they lost today. They are two and three, the Patriots, the mastermind, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. They're two and three. Hello. We have a better record than them. have a better record than uh, the Patriots. Um, what? I don't know if you guys got this, thriving. but Aaron Rodgers, uh, I think had two pick six, pick sixes um, tonight and lost only scoring 10 points. So Aaron Rodgers, who everybody loves to worship the ground he walks on. I can't stand him, by the way. Uh he lost tonight. Do you think people are asking if Aaron Rodgers should be benched or looking at the draft? I mean, I guess they did draft a quarterback last year, so maybe they should be looking at them. I mean, come they on, guys. He's terrible. Come on. Um, a few people, I saw a few options for quarterback, if you guys are interested in hearing them. Someone said that the Browns should trade OBJ and a third rounder for Baker. Um, because OBJ was visibly upset on the oh. sidelines today when he took his cleats off with six minutes left. So that means he needs to go and he doesn't want to be here. Um, so, you know, that's one option. Uh, the other option was, hmm, hold on, I'll get back to you on that one. Well, yeah, so, okay. There, there was there was two that were pretty good. <laughs> Okay, wait. Okay. Well, while you're looking for that, yeah. okay. So let me let me bring mm-hmm. let me bring this up to the um trade OBJ because he looked unhappy crowd. <laughs> let me pose this question to you. Uh for those of you who thought that OBJ looked unhappy, are you happy right now? No, I well, was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay I'm sorry. not happy. Here was <laughs> here was the trade. Trade OBJ Baker. No. Okay, trade Baker and a third to New York, the Jets, for Sam Donald. Oh, boy. Yes. Or just trade OBJ in general and for a quarterback. Uh, Didn't specify me? what quarterback, but that's those are the two options. So trade OBJ or trade Baker and a third to the Jets for Sam Darnold. Because apparently it's okay for... Sam Darnold to completely not win games. That's fine. (laughs) But it's not okay for Baker to have bad games. So I don't, you could like the mental gymnastics this all takes is just truly exhausting. There's a a lot to unpack here, but I, I have to try. I have to try to unpack this a little bit. First on OBJ. I still don't understand the logic that everything is OBJ's fault when the Browns lose. Don't understand that at all. Trading OBJ is not going to help anything. I, I don't know what you're trading him for at this point, but Odell Beckham Jr. did not lose this Browns game today. In fact, I actually wanted them to utilize OBJ and Jarvis more in, in ways that we have used them in the past few games. 
I don't care if you throw the shovel pass and let OBJ run. Like the run game wasn't working. Maybe maybe give it to OBJ and Jarvis and try to make our playmakers make plays. Like that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see some of those plays where not the trick plays, but the plays where that throws the defense off a little bit and makes them guessing. We didn't we didn't do anything to make them guess today. So I wanted to see more of that. And the second thing on OBJ, at what point did socks become stockings? Because Mary Kay kept talking about him being in his stockings. And all I could think about was him wearing pantyhose. (laughs) 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 I was like, is OBJ wearing like thigh highs? Like, did I miss something? Like he he's he's wearing stockings on the sideline. Um, or I was thinking about like, you know, the stockings were hung by the chimney with, with care. Um, so yeah, I don't know at what point like socks became stockings now, but apparently that happened. Um, I don't know. I don't think I've ever you heard the word stocking used by anyone except for like my grandmother. Like, cause I feel like if, if we're like, actually like if any one of us were talking about it, it'd be like nylons or pantyhose. Like that's what we would call them. Like who says stockings anymore? Right. That was like, that was like a weird tangent, but like anytime someone gets unhappy with something in Cleveland, we should just be like, all right, well, we're going to trade you to another city. Bye. Go leave. That's it. <laughs> like anytime there's any adversity at all, let's just scrap it all and start over. Like, imagine if you did that with your house, like, Oh, the roof's leaking better get rid of it. You just fix it <laughs> and you know, then move on. Like, you don't just trash everything because one part of it is struggling. That's not how anyone functions in real life. Okay, you guys, is this why I'm still single? Because anytime a guy, like, if I'm, like, seeing a guy and he, like, even remotely gets on my nerves, I dump him. Yes. <laughs> you are the Cleveland Browns fan right now, Meredith. Yes. Men, are de- men are designed to get on your nerves. That's what they do. From the time they are born until the, the moment they die, they are made to annoy you that's their main purpose and they love it that's their favorite thing in the world to do is be annoying i know i have i have such a low tolerance for bullshit where i'm just like okay you're gonna like try and play a game with me bye see you later chet chet ew please don't ever date <laughs> i already i already did <laughs> <laughs> he was a big tall he was a big tall weightlifting bro named chet Ooh, yeah Meredith, that's sounds awful <laughs> It only Ooh. it only lasted like six months, <laughs> and then I got rid of him. <laughs> Rough. We got to work on that, Meredith. I know, I know. <laughs> oh, okay. But yes, yeah, so you can't just throw men away because they're annoying, and you just you can't just throw quarterbacks away because they have bad games. This is not real life situations, guys. Yeah. So can I ask you guys this question? Do you think that the game against Cincinnati, like how they respond to it? Do you think there's a lot of weight on this game now as well? Maybe before there wasn't. Or do you think if they if they lose, they're still four and three? Not that I say not mm-hmm. that I think that they're going to lose, but they're still four and three. And then you have the Raiders, and then you have your bye week. Ideally, where do you want your record to be sitting heading into the bye week? Ideally, we get two more wins. Yes. Um, I think it will hurt a lot if they lose next week. Yeah. I'm yeah. not gonna say it's a win. But that would be a gut punch losing to Cincinnati next week. Yeah, I would agree with that because I think the Raiders are going to put up a fight as well. I don't think. Either- yeah, I think the Raiders are better than like we we think they are. I really do. Um, but Cincinnati, you know, they they trashed Indianapolis for the first half today, which was amazing. Yeah. Yep. But um, you know, you still you got to beat the Bengals. You have to. Yeah, I agree. Go five and three. 
into your mm-hmm. into your bye week like that that that's where i would want to be yeah or, i mean or, be happy with that or better or six so yeah yeah so when we were talking about like the wins over the cowboys and the colts we said the same thing about both of those wins it's like those were the games that you should win and that was where the browns failed in the past is that they were not winning the games that they should win um and this upcoming week against cincinnati is another one of those this is a game that you should win and if they don't Mm -hmm. then it's a problem yes yeah it really is i I mean they're going to be playing at cincinnati they're going on the road so you have two road games back to back granted they're not far We're going to obviously know from an injury standpoint where everybody stands going into this week. But that like that was one thing I wanted to ask you guys, too. Speaking of injuries, like the team really didn't practice this week. The- yeah, OBJ was out for two days because, mm-hmm. you know, he was under the weather. And because of COVID protocols, you know, they had to they had to send him home. And that was another thing that got on my nerves with Brown's Twitter this week. They were getting really mad, like OBJ, like obj is getting sent home like why is he getting sent home he doesn't have covid and it's like well no he doesn't however if you even show up and this is not the browns this is every single team in the nfl if you so much as show up to the facilities with a sniffle you get sent home and you have to have two positive tests 24 hours apart before you're allowed to come back in those are the protocols that the NFL and the Players Association agreed on. So I got so annoyed at people getting pissed off about the OBJ stuff. And it's like, no, like, we don't know that he has COVID. No one ever said that he had COVID. He just wasn't feeling mm-hmm. that great. And because the Browns wanted to be careful, they didn't want to have a Tennessee situation where you knock out your entire t- like 23 guys in a week. That's not what they wanted. So they were being careful. They were following protocol and look what happened. OBJ was healthy and he was able to play, but also because they were following protocol, OBJ missed two days of practice. Yeah. And Baker obviously didn't practice much this week either. Jarvis, I believe was out. Yeah. I can't imagine that that helped going into this weekend as well. Um, But they also didn't disclose what OBJ sickness was either. Listen, when, when I'm sick, I can barely walk down my stairs let alone like do anything intense uh, i mean Baker or obj probably wasn't 100 percent either still from whatever the sickness he had was i mean i imagine yeah. they pumped him full of drugs ivs whatever but still like you got to keep that into consideration as well so i just hope that we have a healthy week we're able to practice together bounce back regroup and focus on the Bengals. like you gotta brush this one off Yes. Just get up. Forget about it. Be ang- be angry tonight, but start get back to work tomorrow. Yeah. I'm already done being angry. After I, I screamed at everyone, I'm <laughs> ready. So wait, so everyone in the chat is talking about man flu. What is that? Oh my god. Man flu. Oh. Let me just what is man flu? Let me just the man flu. Okay. I have a lot to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Angie is right. She says you know men are laid up for a week with a damn paper cut. Now she's right about that. That's it. Back in March. I believe I had COVID. Mm-hmm. I was working 10 hour days from home with COVID while caring for my two children. Meanwhile, my husband gets a sniffle and he can't function. Cannot function. <laughs> that is the man flu. Yeah. And it I think it all stems from their mothers like over mothering them when they get sick. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but whenever I am sick, I literally do 10 times more than my husband ever does when he catches like a sniffle. 
it's a sniffle and he's like i can't i can't move yes yes i i think i told you guys this one time i was dating a guy and he got a cold just like a common cold okay and he positioned himself on the couch because he it was too much for him to blow his <laughs> nose so he positioned he himself no on the gross. couch and he was laying sideways so that his and he put newspaper on the ground oh so that his nose could just drip onto the newspaper because it was too much strength to blow his so nose that is the ultimate man flu yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, there was another time. I think it was when my kids were even younger, when when little dude was like a baby and like really needed someone to pay attention to him. My husband was sick, and I think it was just like a sinus infection. You know, like which sinus infections you can function typically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he like quarantined himself to the basement. I was also feeling under the weather, and I was like trying to disinfect everything in the house while take care of taking care of both childrens. And then at one point I was like, man, I do not feel good. I took my temperature. I had like 102 degree temperature and was like, I got to go to urgent care. Mm-hmm. I had strep throat. I was just like oh, running no. around, like cleaning everything, taking care of the kids with strep throat. Meanwhile, meanwhile my husband's just down here with a sinus infection. It's like binge watching Amazon. I was like, don't worry. I got everything. We're good. We're good up here. <laughs> strep throat. My life. Strep throat can kill you as an adult. Do you know oh that? My God, yeah. It actually can kill you anytime, but like seriously. I got strep as an adult one time and I felt like I was dying. I mean, like it, I was nauseous. I felt like I was going to throw up and then it, like left these blisters in the back of my throat for like weeks. So, it's so bad. It was terrible. So bad. So I guess, so based on the comments, they're thinking maybe OBJ had the man flu. <laughs> so maybe, so maybe he probably really, did. so maybe he really did show up to Berea with the sniffles. That's probably exactly probably had like allergies. (laughs) Well, because like here's the thing. So like so the weather, you know, the weather is changing. It's starting to get colder in Ohio. So I wake up with, you know, I I wake up congested with sore throats. And of course my immediate reaction is, oh my God, I have corona. But no, it's not. It's Uh just that always happens to me when the weather changes. It's just now we have a deadly virus going around with those exact same symptoms. But yeah, no, yeah. I wake up, I have a little bit of a sore throat and I get scared for about 3.2 seconds. And then I remember like, oh wait, it's just because it's cold outside. And I slept with my windows open like a dummy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then my, yeah, my throat starts to feel better the minute I get up and start moving around. Yeah. So hopefully there's no additional sicknesses this week. Um, yes. And we can move on from that. So can I ask you guys a question? Do you... Well, I, I don't know if we're going to have a show later this week. We'll probably talk about that if we have a preview show as well, since we're recording this on a Sunday night, which is which is new for us. Um, but it feels really good to talk to you guys. I have to say, it's just like therapy. Going yes, before bed. Yeah. I feel better Me now. Too. I feel I'm great. good. I'm smiling now. Get it all there out. There we go. Um, I have to ask you guys. So you think the Browns pull off the win on Sunday? I'm going to say yes. Okay. Um, I think, I don't know if it was a caller on our post game show or if it was one of our hosts, but they said the last time the Browns lost this badly, they won four in a row afterwards. So there you go. I was, it was, it was our host on the, po- one of our hosts on the post game show, you know, they got beat badly in week one and then won four in a row. They got beat mm-hmm. really badly today. And then maybe they went four in a row. And then if that happens, then all of a sudden you're looking at a team that's eight and two. Ooh. I I believe they will. Meredith, can you double check and make sure that I picked the Browns to beat the yeah, Bengals? Be Actually, look for the next two weeks. Um, so week seven, we all have a win. Uh, okay. week eight, that's the Raiders, I believe. Bree, Brittany, mm-hmm. you guys both have a win. I have a loss. Woo! 
Okay. I was feeling myself on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, to remind everyone of, of our predictions, Bree's prediction was 10 and six. Brittany's prediction was 13 and three minus 11 and five. I still feel good about 10 and six. I still, I, I still feel good, about, good about 13 and three. Go. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> 10, like, and that was something that I had sent to our group text during the game was that I was like, if this is one game, 10 and six is still attainable. Like if the Browns end this season at 10 and six, it's going to be considered a successful season. It's going to look great for Kevin Stefanski. You know, Baker is going to be riding high, like a 10 and six season is going to look good. But then you have to remember when you go 10 and six, those are six games that you're going to lose. So I'm, that's kind of how I'm yeah, looking at this yeah. thing. Like this is one of the six. You're exactly right. That, you're going to lose. The Browns are going to lose. Listen, that's, that's actually a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up before we end the show, because you're right. Like we weren't expecting to win every single game. There's going to be losses mm-hmm. that we're going to come across. I get it. This isn't the loss that we wanted to have, especially against the Steelers. Like you'd love to actually beat them one time at Heinz field. Sure. That would be great. I would love to see that in my lifetime be wonderful mm-hmm. my kids too but it didn't happen i think we all just wanted to see them play a little bit better i i don't think i i didn't actually expect them to win this game today but i expected them to look a little bit better losing if that's fair yeah. to say that's fair. yeah so now instead we have to wake up tomorrow turn on our radios or watch national sports media and talk and listen to them just tear us to shreds like that is what this entire week is going to be like Everybody stay strong. Pare down the chatter of the Baker trade talk, drafting quarterback talk. No trading OBJ talk. Yeah, can we stop panicking? Okay. Can we just like can we put an automatic ban on anyone who who says the words trade and OBJ in the same sentence? Just I mean, trade anyone at this point. Just (laughs) shut up. Just shut up. Oh, so yes, everybody stay calm, remain calm this week. It's a new week. By Wednesday, we'll all be feeling a lot better about things. We'll be we'll be ready for the weekend and the game against the Bengals. We'll keep you posted if we put together another podcast later this week. We'll have to see how um how intense we are, how the week I don't even plays I, out. I can't even yeah, I can't even find words. Jesus. Yeah. How the week plays out and then we'll we'll figure out what's going on. But thank you all for joining us on a Sunday night. We're so happy that we recorded right after the Browns loss. Even though this wasn't a fun as fun of a show as we've done in the past, we hope that we make you feel better about things. Stay positive. Don't forget to download us, follow us on Twitter, find us on Spotify or iTunes and Hot Mic so we can you guys can watch us live and join in the chats. We love chatting with you. This has been a great conversation. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday evening and no victory Monday tomorrow, but we'll see you next week.